Welcome to the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Here are your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Stahl. Welcome to our podcast where we cover business in the news and add our legal twist to that news. My name is Nasser Pasha. And I'm Matt Stahl. And welcome to the world of the law and business. <laughs> the world where we talk about one topic per episode, more or less. That's right. Only Mondays and Wednesdays now, though, right? This is our last episode for the week, so make sure you guys pace yourselves. So will this be... Oh, no. We're well before the 4th of July weekend. I'm getting way ahead of myself. <laughs> I know. It's, it's, not, it's still June, man. It's like the middle of June. Uh, we're in the second third of june as we're recording this so it wasn't incredibly far off today's not the second or third of june the second to one third of june oh a second it's gonna be the second third of the month yes i i know how everyone kind of refers to months and you know to split it up into thirds that's one way to do it i don't think i've ever heard anyone do that but okay or no actually we're gonna be in the let's see the third sixth of the month I think actually. Yeah, that's correct. Okay. Well, you got <laughs> first time getting something math related correct on the on the show. Or or actually what's better is I think this episode is coming out on the 17th 30th of the month. All right. <laughs> I'm going to move on to the topic here, which I wasn't even really aware this was going on probably cuz I don't work in retail, but we've all heard of on-call shifts, you know, especially for doctors or surgeons i guess surgeons or doctors nurses lawyers start naming professions police officers maybe firemen firemen for sure yes or women but in retail there's a thing that's apparently legal or for now somewhat legal it's on-call workers so basically it'd be someone there's a whole slew of different stores that are being accused of this but we'll just take the first one i see here so j crew for example has you know, a list of the employees they have and they set their schedule for the week and maybe I get my shifts and I'm going to definitely work on Tuesday and Thursday, but I'm on call for Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So what that means is I have to call the store close to an hour before. I know I saw two hours. So we'll say at least two hours before to find out if I'm working that day because I'm scheduled to work from four to nine, but I don't know until I call in at 2 p.m., which as you can probably think, this causes a lot of problems for the employees because they can't really schedule anything else during those times, which going back to the doctors and different professions, yeah, those people get compensated higher based on reasons like that. But for the people like in these retail jobs that might be making minimum wage or a little bit more, this is a huge issue because you can't work another job, can't you know, maybe you want to go to school part-time, can't do that because you might have to work on a Wednesday night when you have class. So this is just becoming a huge, I could see how this would become a huge problem if, you know, I was in this position. Were, were you aware this was so rampant in the retail industry? I mean, on one hand, I understood, okay, that you could be called in last minute, but this whole concept of, you have to actually call in. Like they described one worker who worked at Bath and Body Works. She was a part-time worker but she would call literally an hour before. This is what she says. She calls an hour before. Yeah. She lives 25 to 30 minutes away. And then they would put her on hold or she would have to wait to call the store several times before someone would pick up. And then she would, you know, she says she would be looking at her watch starting to sweat because she might be late if she gets called in. So because she lives 25, 30 minutes away. So 
So this concept of whether she's entitled to reporting pay, there's a there's an attorney general investigation, I think, out of New York that's kind of investigating this. Mm-hmm. In parallel, there's a lawsuit. This is against Victoria's Secret out of California. It's not so secret anymore. But <laughs> going back to my example, I'm supposed to work on Tuesday from four to nine. I show up and, you know, they say, oh, actually, you don't have to work and go home. We're slow. Yeah, or, you, you know, you, yeah. you can still get compensated for, I think, at least, was it half of their scheduled shift? I guess, depending on how many hours they're scheduled or. Basically, at least half of what you've been scheduled for. So if you were scheduled for eight hours, then you get paid for four hours. But then it, there's a minimum two, and I think it's two hours. So even if you've been scheduled for less than four hours, you would still get paid two hours. I, and this is a California-specific law. Well, it's, it's my example. I'm in California. That's why I'm giving that example. Oh, that's true. So now they're saying, well, our employers are saying, you know, the people that are calling in an hour before and maybe have to get in their car and kind of almost be on their way, they're not reporting to work because they're not at work. So we don't have to compensate them. They just have to wait around and, and deal with it. And of course, the the attorneys for the these employees that are raising these concerns are saying, well, they're reporting to work. You know, they're on the count. They're on the schedule. Blah, blah, blah. So we'll, we'll see. That's kind of step one. We'll see how that plays out because this is all I think they I even read in one of these rundowns that it's kind of the first case of its kind, isn't it? This hasn't been brought to the forefront, at least in in California, because what happened was this was a lawsuit in federal court in California and they were applying California law, which I know can get confusing. But basically, the district court said they they ruled in favor of Victoria's Secret saying there's no case that says that reporting pay applies to an employee that doesn't actually physically show up for work. So, so what the judge said is, okay, we, we, can't, we can't find anything, but I'm going to allow you guys to make an appeal to the Ninth Circuit to see you can make that argument there, which is very typical because, you know, as attorneys, we deal with this all the time is that when you're making an argument to a court, it's very seldom that a judge is going to accept an argument that has never been made before. Even if you may be correct, for a lower level court to create you know, precedent and therefore new law that other people are going to depend upon, lower court judges are, are reluctant to do so. So even if the plaintiffs in this case, the employees had a good argument, it's not surprising that a court would, would grant it. So that's why they kicked it up to the Ninth Circuit. And so now that's where we're here. So now the question is, the Ninth Circuit's going to look at the law and what's the intention of the law. What do you think? I mean, forget about the language of the actual statute, you know, reporting pay and so forth. From a conceptual perspective or fairness, what do you think? Do do these workers deserve to get paid a couple hours for being on this on-call program? Yeah, I think it should be similar to what the laws are for if they show up and get sent home. I mean, it's... We've said this so many times, but it's all about building the culture within the businesses. And this is really putting a sour taste in these on-call employees' mouths because they're, like I said, they can't do anything. I mean, they can't schedule anything else. And, you know, maybe it's it's great if they don't have to work that day, but on the flip side, they're not getting paid. Yeah. I think they should definitely at least be compensated similar to what it is for them actually reporting, physically reporting to work. But there's there's hope for some of these employees, at least in some areas, and one of which is San Francisco. In, in San Francisco, they passed what's called the Retail Workers' Bill of Rights. And it was passed back in January. It doesn't, it doesn't actually go into effect until July 5th, 2015. And they have a slew of different restrictions and that they have on the employers. 
And they do have this on-call shift pay. And so basically they say if an employee is required to be on-call but is not called into work, the employer must provide the employee with two hours of pay if the on-call shift lasted for four hours or less. But whether this on-call definition applies to this particular case in Victoria's Secret, I'm I'm not sure I'm clear on that. And going back to really quick on the uh, California case, reporting time pay is supposed to be some kind of partial compensation for employees that who report to work expecting to work. And the idea is that, look, you know, I came all the way here, I'm pretty much ready to go, but now you're sending me home, I should get compensated for that because there's a, some level of work that was to be formed, there's some kind of detrimental reliance, so to speak, from a legal perspective. But when a person is calling in, I don't know if they have an expectation to work. They're calling in to figure out what it is. I think the unfairness part is that it's such a short period of time before work may be scheduled, it kind of creates a little bit of injustice. And by the way, the reason they do that is because these retail stores like Victoria's Secret and Bath and Body Works, because they keep track on such a minute level that they know how many retail customers that they plan on having that day and based upon different statistics and, and predictions and so forth, which is why they are waiting to the last minute to determine whether to bring on an employee because this is on a national you know, level because if they can bring in employees at the right times and not have extra employees there, they save a ton of money. Yeah, it's th these bigger companies, these nationwide retail chains or worldwide retail chains have these sophisticated customer you know, statistics and tell them X amount of customers come in on this day at this time. So we need to have two people work instead of three. I think literally a computer is telling them when they, when they need more people. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, I, I get numbers add up, but if you're paying these people minimum wage and you have one person that you're scheduled to work and they're on call and they're, even if they're making, let's say 10 bucks an hour, it's not that much money. Like I said, I know it adds up, but it's still, it's not that much money or additional money to the employer, but they're literally trying to have the minimum number of people there that they can to still satisfy, you know, their customers and, and their customer service numbers. Right. And then, and, but they don't want to be understaffed either. So it's a fine line. I mean, on one hand, yeah, like it, it does add up, but this, the hour before thing is just, uh, it bugs me, right? It, in other words, their computers need to be more sophisticated. They need to provide a little bit more notice than hours, you know, at least a day. What do you think? A day, 24 hours? And the thing with these, those instances too, a lot of them, it's not, it, the burden was on the employee to call in to find out if they were working. So not only was it an hour or two hours before their scheduled on-call shift, they had to take the initiative and actually call the employer. It's not like the employer says, oh, it's three, three o'clock, I better call so-and-so to let them know if they have to work at five. But the employers are making it seem like the burden was on them to have to deal with it, but it's that's completely backwards of how it was should really be working. Let, let me ask you a different question. I think I think our position would be different if this was a smaller employer though, right? I mean, when you're talking about a Victoria's Secret or Bath and Body Works, you know, the size of employer matters, no? Yeah, it's well, that's definitely a difference. I don't know, because at the same time, I think with those smaller companies, it's even more important to have employees that like you if you're the employer. Yeah. With with those bigger companies, you're going to just have, I mean, you just have, at the end of the day, you're probably looking, it's just turnover. 
You know, with the smaller ones where you only have a handful of people that might be working for you because you have to go through training and all these other things. It's so important to keep those people happy and keep them working for you because the costs are just going to be much higher than as opposed to the turntable of a bigger company. And I think maybe maybe if it's on occasion too. I mean, frankly, I mean, Victoria's Secret and these stores, they've been they've been in business for years. I mean, to me, like it's a, it's a piece of shop. It's like, okay, well, it's Super Bowl Sunday. Do you mind calling in an hour before to see how busy we are? We, we know we're going to be really busy, but it's kind of hard to tell as opposed to just another Saturday or Sunday night. You know, I think there's so much predictability from the, in the retail side that I'm surprised that they even have to resort to this kind of method. Yeah, I think I would think retail sales should be pretty obvious. There's the holiday season that you probably have more people, any sort of, well, the end of your holiday, but any holiday where people have off work, there's sales built around that or any time where there's big general sales, it should be pretty straightforward, but yeah. And when I own, when I used to own about a dozen Victoria's Secrets and Bath and Body Works, I just scheduled for the five years ahead of time. So five years ahead of time. Yeah. That's how I used to do it. So things have changed. What percent of employees for those companies do you think are even work for five years? Probably, probably about 150 I was going to guess less than 1%, but yeah, five years. Yeah, that's a tough one. 1% seems a little low, but I would say five, 5%. You got to factor in the people too that show up and work for like three days and quit. That counts. (laughs) That does, does count. That does count. The pizza place that I always talk about, there was when I first started working, they brought on this girl pretty soon after I started working, maybe a few weeks. And I think she worked for three days or something. She took home a ton of pizza on the first, like you, you could take home like everything that was left over. So it wasn't a problem, but she, I just remember she took home so much stuff and I was like, what are you even going to do with all of this pizza? Like, it doesn't even make sense. <laughs> well, that, I mean, she, she made out, she was uh, stocking for the, the year. I don't know if she even got paid. I don't remember her ever coming back for her paycheck. So who knows? Uh, let's put her on blast. What's, what was her name? No idea. I vaguely, rem- I vaguely remember what she looked like. I probably couldn't even pick her out of a lineup. Oh, well, that's disappointing. Yeah. Oh, well. Okay. Well, equally disappointing is that uh, we have to end our episode. Yeah. I'm a little sad. <laughs> we'll be back next week, though. Well, thanks for joining us, everyone. And a happy 1730th of the month. <laughs> All right. Keep it sound. Keep it smart. This has been the Legally Sound Smart Business Show with your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Stop. The Legally Sound Smart Business Show is your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Legally Sound Smart Business is a podcast that is intended but not promised or guaranteed to be current, complete, or up-to-date, and should in no way be taken as an indication of future results. No attorney-client relationship is created by listening or submitting questions to the podcast. The podcast does not constitute legal advice, but rather is offered only for general informational and educational purposes. You should not act or rely on any information in the podcast without first seeking the advice of an attorney. The opinions expressed in the podcast reflect the views of those individuals and do not necessarily represent the views of any other individual or business. For more information about the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, visit LegallySoundSmartBusiness.com.